0: Sir Michael Tomlinson has a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry from the University of Durham and a PGCE from the University of Nottingham. He spent his early career in the classroom as a science teacher in the Midlands, but after 12 years teaching, he joined ICI in 1977 as schools or industrial liaison officer following year he became a member of the Inspectorate of Schools, which was the predecessor of Ofsted, and in this capacity helped re- to re-establish the education system in Kuwait following the first Gulf War. In 1989 he became Chief Inspector for Secondary and in 2000 Chief Inspector of Schools, a post which he held until his retirement in 2002. During his time as Chief Inspector, he is credited with repairing relations between teachers and inspectors and aimed to make the whole inspection system less burdensome. Retirement saw him appointed to lead the inquiry into controversy surrounding the A-level grading and he was subsequently appointed chair of the working group commissioned by government to look into the reform of the syllabus and qualification structure for 14 to 19-year-olds in England. He is a Governor of the University of Hertfordshire and a member of the Board of Qualifications and Curriculum Development Agency and of the National Assessment Agency. From 2008 to 2009, he was Chief Advisor for London Schools, and in 1997, Michael Tomlinson was awarded the CBE and was knighted in 2004. Today, Sir Michael Tomlinson is receiving Honorary Doctorate of Letters. Welcome to the University of Warwick, Sir Michael. Um, and congratulations on receiving your award today. Tell me how does it feel what what 's it like to receive this award today? And what does it mean to
1: you Well thank you very much for the introduction uh, An award such as i've received today is um, is really if you like the icing on the cake because in effect it represents one's peers one 's colleagues actually acknowledging what you have achieved and more importantly, its significance, not just to you, but to others. Clearly, for, for me, that's that's very humbling. I can only thank Warwick University for this enormous honour that they bestowed upon me and only hope that I can give something back to the university in some way, shape or form in the future.
0: You say that it's rewarding that people and peers have acknowledged what you've achieved. If we kind of look at what you have, it does read as a list of things that perhaps a lot of people would have avoided because (laughs) so far you've you've helped rebuild the education system in a war zone in Kuwait following, following the Kuwaiti war you helped turn around the riding school in Halifax who had some severe problems and on top of that you took up uh, role of chief inspector of schools mm. so not exactly an easy path I would say uh,
1: no probably not from the outside nor was it a path that I necessarily chose <laughs> uh, these things happen and the, the uh, work in Kuwait followed immediately after the end of the first Gulf War and the residual government of Kuwait uh, asked the British government if they would put together a small team of people to help them get their education system running again and this was in April and the school year in Q8 starts in August right. so it was a pretty short time scale and uh, eventually I was uh, asked if I would be a member of that team and be responsible for getting the schools uh, operating in or able to operate again uh, you couldn't fly directly into Q8 at the time uh, so it was uh, A flight into Bahrain, and then Hercules, RAF Hercules into uh, uh, into Kuwait City, amongst all the jets and so on that were still around in the country and so on. So it was it was interesting, and the oil fields were still alight, so one could see those. We had a short period of time to assess uh, what was needed to get the schools up and running. And uh, that was achieved, and we got all the equipment back into the schools from UK suppliers, and schools opened in August. Uh, obviously, a great deal of the work was done by other than myself. I just I just helped the process along a little, but and continued th- to go back then after that.
0: Oh, to did continue you to see support. how they, they yes. got on? Yes. And sometimes when education is deprived of, you know, it, and it's disrupted during wartime, very often... Um, the, you find that people are so appreciative of that opportunity once again.
1: Yes, I mean, I, I, I'm still involved with uh, countries in the Middle East, in fact, and, and I find their thirst for education and the value they place on those who wish to help them. value, not in monetary terms, just in friendship terms, is tremendous. Uh, so I have, uh, I have some very uh, uh, fond memories of the people I worked with and also of course uh one or two symbols of that work yes. uh, that were gifts uh, at home uh it was a very special a very special period uh and uh not least to go into an area which uh, had been until a few weeks previously the center of significant fighting so it was a war zone then. it was a war zone well, well you know we, we, we could pick up quite easily off the any any part of the streets uh, uh, bullet cases and so on. But when we arrived, the the uh, ambassador had come on the same plane with us, who was returning, having left. And uh, on that evening, he had a party to welcome himself and all the rest back. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, somehow or other, he had managed to. Uh, Gain the agreement of the authorities to have alcohol. Oh, very unusual. <laughs> very unusual. But no, it taught me a lot and uh, and, and gave me a, a real interest in what happens in the Middle East in, in terms of education.
0: Must um, be a real insight as well.
1: Oh, yes. you, you I mean, the, the one thing uh, that uh, stands out still was that the people from the ministry and, uh, and, and so on that remained in the country throughout the war, largely hidden, commented to me that uh, what he had taught them about their education system uh, and and themselves was that they were almost incapable of doing anything for themselves. Uh, For example, they found themselves quite unable to change a wheel on a car. Uh, They were unable to bake bread for themselves uh, and so on, because, of course, up to then they never had to, Mm. and it wasn't something that was ever part of what was taught in schools. Uh, and and, and so on. If it was taught at home, that was more by chance than design. And they they swore then, uh, I remember them saying to me, we will never again put our citizens in a position where they cannot look Mm -hmm. after themselves in these sorts of situations. So a lot of my successive visits were around trying to develop what some might call a vocational curriculum, but I would Mm -hmm. much rather talk about it in terms of a curriculum which equipped them for adult and working life. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. There, you mentioned sort of the, the value placed on education, mm. and I think your work within Hackney, if we come back to the UK, mm. that's the place where I think the value of education has been totally um, changed.
1: I'm not sure that the value has changed. I mean, when I when uh, the context was that in uh, 2002, uh, the then Secretary of State had decided that. Uh, Uh, Hackney Council as such was not capable of running its own education service and she directed them to uh, hand it over to be run by another party. That party ended up to be a not-for-profit trust which I helped to create uh, called the Learning Trust and we then had 10 years in which to run the education Mm -hmm. system. Uh, My early encounters with parents and with students was, was one where they, it was quite clear they wanted a good education for their son or their daughter. They weren't getting it at the time except in one or two one or two cases, so a large proportion of them left the borough at eleven and went to other schools in other parts of London rather than remain in their home borough so it wasn't It was the case of not valuing it. It was a case of they were valuing it, but they were not getting the value that they deserved So my job really was to turn that round with all the colleagues that I'd got uh to to, uh, work within the Learning Trust. Within five years, we were rapidly improving. And uh, by 2009, we were the most improved authority in the country. And we had uh, examination performance, which is not the be-all and end-all, but it's not unimportant. Uh, We had a better set of results than overall in London. uh, And... So students were getting, getting a good education. We'd created five new schools. Uh, and um, they, were to go to, they were beginning to believe in themselves. They were beginning to believe that anything was possible. Uh, and that belief was being translated into reality by some absolutely brilliant and dedicated teachers in both the primary and the secondary schools in Hackney. And now it's a good thing to teach in Hackney. It's a good thing to learn in Hackney. And actually, it's a good thing to be proud of to say, I came from Hackney, yes. which is not <laughs> what it has always been. No,
0: certainly it wasn't. And now you mentioned that um, they even have a, a really good ratio of people going to higher education. Yes.
1: It, it, it's a number, uh, it's, a, it's a proportion which was quite low, um, part, part because they weren't getting the grades that would get them in, partly because they weren't being encouraged to be ambitious enough. Uh, about what they might do, uh, and so we did various things to improve that obviously the first thing to do was try and get that uh, the, the post sixteen provision improved uh, and we said we created a a fund a bursary fund so that students who were having financial difficulties um, could if they needed to make a claim on the fund to support them. I think higher education is important, but it's not for everyone. No, and those no, no. who chose not to go and chose another pathway, we wanted to support them just as much. So we, uh, I remember one young man who we put on a catering course in a proper restaurant, which uh, was also a teaching restaurant. And he, when he got his first award of NVQs, uh, his mother and his grandmother, I, I made the uh, award to him, and his mother and grandmother said, if you hadn't have done this for him, I suspect rather than visiting him here, I'd have been visiting him in prison. <laughs> And, and at that point, you realise yeah. just what, how fine the line is between someone being given an opportunity and taking it and falling into entirely the wrong pattern of life.
0: Yeah, and given that sort of support and direction mm-hmm. by good teachers, yeah. spotting the potential yeah. in people and, and encouraging them yeah. to have those aspirations.
1: Yeah. It, 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 it's all about that. Um, and people who people who actually believe in you. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the thing I benefited from as a child was teachers who not everyone but enough and the right ones uh, believed in me and if people believe in you you somehow feel internally you have to somehow justify that belief and and live up to it and that that's that I think is what they're doing and uh, I love being in Hackney it's a wonderful place Um, uh, and there are so much so many talented young people there and it's good to see them now achieving it's great
0: and during your time as an inspector of schools, I mean, we've got graduates here today who uh, might, at this point in their careers, might not necessarily think of going into teaching, but may at some point further down the line. What, what is it? You've seen loads of schools and lots of teachers, good and bad. What is it, you think, that makes a good teacher in the, in, nowadays, in the 21st century?
1: Well, I think, I think there are a number of facts. First of all, of course, they have got to have a passion for what they're teaching. Not for who they're teaching, but for what they're teaching. And that, that passion has got to be uh, built upon a, a good knowledge base. And it doesn't matter whether you are uh, teaching children in early years or in primary or in special schools or wherever. Uh, there is a knowledge base and there is the skill of teaching. Mm-hmm. And with that uh, uh, is, is a personality which makes you feel at ease with children mm-hmm. uh, well of whatever age uh makes you feel that you can communicate with them and the skill to know that while one method worked with one group of children, it was unlikely it would work with the next group of children. So you've got to be very flexible. I think it's the most responsible... There will be people who will argue, particularly if, I, if there was someone from the medical school here, um, but I think it's the most responsible job and, in a sense, almost daunting job you can have because just think, here you are, quite unknown, a mother arrives, usually a mother, It's not sexy, it's usually mother, arrives with her uh, son or daughter at the age of three, four, and hands them over to a complete stranger and says, Educate them, please. Not quite in those words, but that's the implication.
0: That's the expectation. That's expectation.
1: I would you, you know, because because it's a teacher, you hand your child over. You wouldn't under normal that responsibility, I think, is absolutely enormous.
0: You don't often think about it in those terms, No, but, you? but No, you don't. And mm. when I
1: say it in those terms, yeah. it stops people in their tracks because that is what it is. And at every stage of education, you are trusting in someone you do not know beyond a name. Yeah. You may or may not ever meet. Yes. But you are actually trusting that they will do their best by your son or your daughter at whatever stage of education. So for me, it's, it's the ultimate job. Mm. It's the ultimate job. There is no quick reward. Financially or otherwise, <laughs> but there is a reward, and it comes when your students succeed. Yeah. So, for me, students I taught uh, in my time as a teacher are now very, very well established in their careers. I'm fortunate that some of them still want to talk to me uh, <laughs> and meet up with me. Um, and and I, my my sense of achievement comes from them saying. It was because you did this, or you got me my A-level, or you, whatever it was.
0: That must be so rewarding. It is
1: so rewarding. Yes, no. yes. It is enormously rewarding, and that's what comes from being. It's. It. I wouldn't say for me. I. I did never want to do anything but teach. Mm. Um, but for those who perhaps start out in other careers, there are a lot of them. Ultimately, they ask themselves, Is this benefiting anyone? Yeah. Could I do something which is of greater social benefit, greater personal? Uh, achievement. And a lot of people uh, later on in their careers are now switching to teaching yes. and are absolutely enjoying and are enormously valuable to the teaching profession because they bring with them a set of experiences uh, that uh, are not uh, ones that you could gain by going straight from university postgraduate certificate into teaching. Yes. So if there are uh, Warwick uh, graduates who listen to this and wonder, well, what about the future? I'd say at some point in your life, Just ask yourself, is the job I'm doing giving me both personal and a sense of community Mm. contribution? If not, think about teaching, uh, because that will. It won't be easy, it's a tough job, but hugely rewarding.
0: I think that's such a nice thought (laughs) Um, for people who are literally have just received their degrees today, but like you say, people who are at all stages of their career. And I think that's quite inspirational, actually. Thank you. So, Michael, thank you so much for spending today with us, and I'm I'm delighted that um, you've received your degree. Congratulations once again.
1: Thank you very much indeed. Very kind.
0: Thank you.